Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It was Jesus Christ who said, If anyone would come after me, he must first deny himself, then take up his cross and follow me. If there ever was a time that we need to have people committed to following Christ, it is now. The world is in turmoil. Every time you look at the news, there's troubling reports about murders, viruses, and calamities in our city and around the world. The only hope we have is in Christ Jesus. As you listen to these messages, I want you to consider your commitment to follow him and your commitment to share your faith with others so they can come to know him as well. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. If you was with us last time, we told you about a story of a man who went to see Jesus at night. And there was this church-going man who, if it were today, we would call him a preacher. He was a religious scholar who did what he thought was righteous. His name was Nicodemus. He went to Jesus at night to find out more about Jesus. And then he also wanted to let Jesus know that he had a good understanding of who Jesus was. In John chapter 3, verse 1, uh, the writer tells us this. He said, Now there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. He says, I know who you are. I've been watching. I've got a good understanding. But I think Jesus then shook up Nicodemus when he replied to him in verse 3. He said, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. He says, okay, Nicodemus, you've come up in here where I'm at. I know you're telling me all that you think you know about me, but I want to get right down to business with you. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And then Nicodemus says in verse 4, How can a man be born again? Surely he cannot enter into his mother's womb again a second time to be born. And Jesus said in verse 5, I tell you the truth. Let me tell you one more time. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the water and of the Spirit. Jesus is now telling this religious man that he cannot enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. You can't get in, Nicodemus. So what he's telling us that being religious does not get you in. This was a religious man. Being in church does not get you in. Nicodemus was one who spent a lot of time in the synagogue. Being a good person doesn't get you in. It is a rebirth by the Holy Spirit that saves you 
and gives you a new life in Christ and welcomes you into the kingdom. It is only through that new birth can you enter into the kingdom of God. And you may go to church all you want to and feel good once you leave. But feeling good don't get you in. Then Nicodemus went on a little further in verse 9. He says, now how can this be? And then Jesus said, now you are Israel's teacher. Now you are, you are a scholar. You are a teacher. You study the word. And you don't understand what I'm talking about? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify of what we've seen. But still you people, you religious folks, you do not accept our testimony. So Nicodemus is asking, I don't understand. You're telling me I need to be born again. I'm not quite sure what that means. You're talking about being reborn physically? I'm I'm already born. How can that happen? Jesus says, wait a minute, you're, you're not getting it. Jesus decided to take him back to an incident that occurred in the Old Testament with the Israelites when they had come out of Egypt and they were still in the desert. And Jesus says, okay, Nicodemus, you know the scripture, you know all the story, you know the Bible, if you can say that. Let's go back and look and I want to show you something that's going to explain to you why you need to be born again and what being born again is. Let's take a look at that. Jesus said this. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Now, if you're one of these believers who just read your Bible every once in a while, you don't study and you don't read through, and you just love the New Testament, You probably haven't even heard of this little incident, the snake in the desert. But Jesus said, Nicodemus, you've heard of this, but apparently you missed the message that's in that because God did something with that snake that's going to reflect what I'm going to do to bring salvation. So I want to talk about the snake and the Savior. I know y'all don't like snakes. Already know that. A snake will make you run into a tree. (laughs) But I want us to look at that incident. Because even if you're reading John chapter 3 and you see that, you just go right by it. But Jesus said, no, Nicodemus, I'm going to teach you something from that snake. Here they are. The Israelites have come out of Egypt. They were slaves there for 400 years. God sent Moses as their Redeemer to set them free and they had the plagues and all of those kind of things and now they're out in the wilderness and they're out there for years and they're traveling and they're heading to what God has promised them and they called that area, that territory in Canaan, they called it the promised land and they're heading and they're waiting to get there but it's taking them too long. In Numbers chapter 21 verse 4, They travel from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. Now, it's not a problem getting impatient. But what they did once they got impatient was the problem. Verse 5, they spoke against God and against Moses and said, 
Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. That's what they said. What's the problem? Number one, they are impatient. Number two, they spoke against God. And sometimes that'll happen today, won't we? Uh, we thought God was going to do something we've been believing for, and now we're impatient. And don't act like you ain't never been mad at God. They spoke against God, and then they spoke against the pastor. Thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Moses was the pastor. They spoke against the man who God placed as their leader. They spoke against him. He don't know what he's doing. And why he always got to tell us what to do. And then he don't say it in a nice way. They murmured and complained. No bread, no water, and this detestable food. Now what were they eating? Manna from heaven. They didn't have anything. God gave them manna from heaven every day. And now at first they were so happy to get it. And now it's detestable. Because we have to eat it every day. Look at what happened. God said, okay. Verse 6. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Here's what they did. Number one, they came to Moses and they confessed their sin. Look at what they said. They called it what it was. They didn't say, uh, Moses, listen, we were just a little bit anxious and so we spoke out of turn. They didn't say that. They confessed their sin. They called it what it was. We sinned against God. And we sinned against the pastor. Isn't that what they said? <laughs> they didn't leave him out. And against you. You're the one that God put in charge. You're God's spokesperson. We sinned against God and we sinned against you because we said you brought us out here. We know God was leading you. We said we didn't like what you were doing. We said that we don't, we don't like the food. We don't like none of this. But when the snakes start biting and the people start dying, it didn't take them long to make the connection. Because where did these snakes come from? You can ask that question. Where did these snakes come from? Not only did he send snakes, he sent venomous snakes that once you were bitten, you were poisoned. Please call on the Lord and ask him to take away the snakes. So Moses now is, is their intercessor who is asking God for some grace and some mercy upon these people. Look at verse 8. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole 
Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. I thought about that and wondered to myself, why would he put a snake on a pole when the snakes are the one that's doing the biting? Because of God's judgment upon the sin of the people, God is saying when Moses lifted up that brass serpent on a pole, all they had to do for their healing was to look at it. And as Moses lifted up the serpent, Jesus was trying to get this message over to Nicodemus. So Christ is going to be lifted up. And all you're going to have to do is look at him. That serpent that the people looked at represented the sins of the people. That's what's affecting you. I want you to look at it. It's on a pole. The Bible said that Christ was made sin for us. And he hung on the cross as he bore our sins. Jesus is pointing out here in John, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Nicodemus, are you getting this? The story in Numbers were familiar to Nicodemus. He knew that story. It is a story of sin, for the nation rebelled against God and he had to be punished. God sent these fiery, venomous snakes that bit the people and many of them began to die and they had to try to recover. It is a story of grace. Moses then interceded for the people and God provided the remedy. It's the story of grace. These folks don't deserve it, but I'm going to do it for them anyway. And any person... You know what he said? Look at that. He said, whoever is bitten, all they have to do is look. Any one of them. He didn't select any particular ones. Anyone who has been bitten, all they have to do is look. That's grace for everyone that's affected. It is also a story of faith. When the people looked by faith, they were saved. Think about it. By the time you're bitten with these snakes, you're scared of snakes. And now he's asking you to look at one. I know somebody say, I ain't looking at no snake. I don't want to see no snake. I'm afraid of snakes. Why he put that up for me to look at? I don't want to look at no snake. And they didn't get healed. So they didn't have the faith to believe that what Moses said, it was going to occur. He said, just look at it. You'll be healed. And some people, it has to be some, out of all the people that got bitten, now the Bible doesn't say it, but I'm sure there's somebody who said, I ain't finna look at no snake. They were still arrogant. They were still upset. They were still following their own mindset. Just like right now, you can tell people all you've got to do is look to Jesus Christ for your salvation. They say, he ain't nothing but a man. He's just another man. He's just another man. He was a good person. But I don't believe that. So they won't look to him for salvation. So this is a story of faith. As that serpent was lifting up, Jesus is going to be lifted up. Why was he lifted up? To save us from sin and death. The venom of the serpent 
was flowing through the veins of the rebellious people and was spreading death through the camp. You can just look at people laying around. You know, he's been bitten. That one's been bitten. That one's been bitten. But the solution to the serpent problem was not killing the snake. They didn't say, okay, everybody, we're going to go out and everybody get you a club. We're going to go snake hunting. It was not in making a cure for it or getting some medicine. You know how they used to do in the hood, man, back in the day, just get some coal oil and pour it on there. <laughs> put some dirt on there. How many of you got cut? They just told you to put some dirt on it. That was, that was a long time ago. We don't do that no more. We did all kind of stuff. We, ought to, we should have just been in the hospital all the time, but we didn't do that. We were talking yesterday. We sit in the house, we get through eating, and father say, hand me that broom over there. You get that broom, make him a toothpick. I get him a straw and get him a toothpick. How <laughs> I many remember that? They said, well, it was from the top of the broom. It wasn't from the bottom. Yeah. We weren't going to go buy no toothpicks. Got a broom. I'm not the only one from Fifth War. But the remedy was not in some kind of medicinal response. The remedy was not passing an anti-serpent law. The remedy was divinely provided. Bitten by a snake, by a snake you're going to be healed. The cure is a serpent of brass that was placed up for them to look at at a distance. At a distance it appeared just like what was hurting you. So the answer was looking at that by faith. Jesus Christ then, when he's on the cross, he looks just like you and me who are sinners. But he was without sin. That snake that was of brass looked just like a snake, but it had no venom in it. It looked like what was hurting you. And Jesus looked like us who had sin nature because Adam sinned. And through his sin, passed it on to every man and every woman that we have that nature to sin and to be separate from God. And Jesus Christ sent his own son and says, though man has been smitten and bitten by sin and it runs through his veins, my son is going to be on a pole that they can look at and then they can be healed when they receive him as Lord and Savior. The whole world has been bitten by sin. Because Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Jesus said, just like sin bites us, those snakes were biting those people. This is a preview of what's to come when my son comes. I'm just showing you that we did that in the desert and the folks just didn't get it. You didn't get it, Nicodemus. You want to know how this works? It works just like that. There's a curious story about that serpent that was on the pole. If you trace it in the Bible, you're going to find out that many years later, they start worshiping the serpent. And if we're not careful, we're going to worship a cross, but not Christ. You know, people will run to out in the country to look at something that looked like Jesus on a tree. But they won't run to see Jesus. We'll worship this religious experience. We'll worship going to church. We'll worship going through the motion, but we won't worship Jesus. So you want to be careful that uh, uh, it's not a good snake that went bad. 
when we look at the point of our salvation, they begin to go into idolatry because they're looking now, not at God who provided the healing, but the snake that was on the tree. What do you think it would be like if the cross that Jesus died on was still in existence and they had it in a museum? Everybody would just want to go touch that, but they don't want to touch Jesus. How is a person born from above? How is he saved from eternal perishing? By believing in Jesus Christ. Believing in Jesus Christ. Pointing people to Jesus Christ by looking to him in faith. So while the whole human family were perishing of the wounds of sin that's inflicted by the old serpent Satan, Jesus, the second Adam, rose up over humanity with healing in his wings. He was without spot or wrinkle or stain or sin, and he willingly went to the cross to offer himself as a sacrifice for our redemption and for our salvation so that we can be saved. He did that for us. That's why he came. And in both remedies, in the Old Testament with the snake and in the New Testament with Jesus Christ, the remedy is openly displayed. It were both put up on a pole and lifted high so people can see them openly. It wasn't anywhere in secret. It was open. In one case on a pole, you had the snake. The other one on a pole, you had Jesus Christ. Everyone who looked at the snake who was bitten was healed. Everyone who looks to Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior will be saved. Jesus said, I will draw all men unto me. I'm not going to go there today, but if you, once Jesus finished with this story, you know what the next verse says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever will receive him, will not perish. He's still, talking about, he's still talking about that incident with Nicodemus. It rolls all together. Whoever would look upon me, just like whoever would look at that snake, you don't have to perish. You don't have to perish. The remedy is right in front of you. In both cases, it was by directing the eye of faith to look at the cure. Look at this cure. Just look at it. No matter how far you are from that snake, he could have set it up a long way off. And you, some people are close and some people are far. But if you just look at it, you're still going to be healed no matter how far away you are. Some people think they're too far away from Christ for him to do anything in their life. Your life is too messed up. You've done too much. You have too many issues and too many things going on. But no, just look at him. It doesn't matter how far away you are. He still saves you no matter where you are. There's a big difference between being committed to church and being committed to Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin. There are many people who think they have it made by just going to church. But it is the Lord Jesus Christ who said, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? These messages are to remind us of our commitment to come to him and to follow him and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily, Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message or previous messages that you've heard on this station. I want to be sure that all of you who are listening 
have made a commitment to Christ Jesus. If you haven't done so, you can do so now. We have a member of our prayer team that is available to pray with you about coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Call us at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Visit us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Watch our live stream services Sundays at 10 a.m., And of course, you can join us in person. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road, 10 o'clock each Sunday morning. If you have a need for Bibles, Sunday school books, offering supplies, communion supplies, or church supplies, call us at the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus at 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying... May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.